Psalm 18 and 2, the Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield, and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Good evening, Alan, friends and family. This is Reverend Nicole Edmonds with you this evening. And on behalf of our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Elaine Flake, welcome to our prayer line. We have with us tonight uh, Reverend Dr. Rob Reamer. Um, he's a, a, an associate professor of pastoral theology at Alliance Theological Seminary in Nyack, New York. Also, Dr. Rob Reamer's passion is to see the kingdom of God advance through spiritual renewal. And as the founder and president of Renewal International Ministries, Dr. Rob works with pastors and leaders and churches internationally to equip the people of God to live in freedom and to walk in the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit. So we are so glad to have with us tonight Dr. Rob Reamer. Dr. Reamer, you may proceed. Well, it's good to be with you, friends, from Greater Allen Cathedral. Tonight, I want to turn our attentions to Matthew chapter 5, verses 43 to 48. There, Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends the rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? Are not even the tax collectors doing that? And if you greet only your own people, what are you doing more than others? Don't even the pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. I think the greatest indicator that we have been marked with the love of the Father is our capacity to love our enemies. Jesus is saying in this passage, listen, even pagans and tax collectors love their friends. We don't get any credit for that. What distinguishes us as the people of God, as children of our heavenly Father, is our capacity to love our enemies. Jesus came and died for us while we were at enmity with God, Paul said. And Scripture exhorts us to love our enemies, forgive those who sin against us, and bless those who curse us. I think I really learned this lesson when I was a young minister in my first ministerial assignment. I was there for just a couple of weeks. I went into the office one day, and when I got there, the secretary, her name was Charlene, greeted me, and she said to me, hey, hey, hey do you know Oscar? I said, yeah, I don't, I don't think I met anybody named Oscar since I've been here. Why? She said, well, I saw him today in a breakfast shop, and he said, you're in an adulterous affair with another woman. I said to her, I said, Charlene, first of all, I said, I've never been with anyone but my wife, so that's not true. But second of all, I said, I haven't even been here long enough to get in trouble yet, even if I wanted to, and I don't want to. I said, why would he say that? And I, we had a picture directory. I looked up his picture. I'd never met him before, but I, but I called him because I had his number now. And I, and I called him and I left a message and he didn't call me back. And I called him again and left a message and 
He wouldn't call me back. And Matthew 18 tells us to go and, and, and make it right when someone sins against us. And I tried. I went to the senior pastor and tried to get him to set up a meeting, but he, he didn't have the courage to do it. And I didn't know what to do. I was 25, so I let it go. I was about a week or two later. I was coming home from work. My wife called me and said, hey, can you stop and get something at the grocery store for dinner? I stopped in to get something for dinner. And uh, a woman came up to me while I was there in the grocery store, and she said, hey, you're the new pastor, right? And I introduced myself. She introduced herself. And then in the middle of the conversation, she looks at me and she goes, do you know Oscar? I'm like, well, no, not exactly, but I have heard of him. And she looks at me and she goes, well, you know, I saw him today and he told me you stole money from the church. I looked at her. I said, lady, I said, do you come to church? She goes, yeah. I said, do you notice where I sit? She goes right in the front row. I said, yeah, when they pass the plate, there isn't even any money in the plate unless I put it in there. I'm like, I didn't steal any money. I said, lady, I'm sure they have a safe someplace in the church, but they don't tell me where it is. And I don't have the combination. I'm sure they have a checkbook, but I can't sign checks. In short, I couldn't steal money even if I wanted to. And I don't want to. I went home. I called Oscar. He wouldn't call me back. I called him again. He wouldn't call me back. I went to the senior pastor, tried to nudge him one more time to make an appointment, but he wouldn't do it. And again, I didn't know what to do, you know, and this guy kept saying things against me. One day, the district superintendent, our bishop, right? He's the guy that's in charge of all the pastors in our district, in our region. He calls me on the phone and uh, my grandmother had actually led this man to Christ. And so I knew him a little bit. And he called me on the phone. He said to me, he goes, uh, how's it going? How's the transition in the new position as the assistant pastor? And I talked to him for a bit. And then he goes, hey, do you know Oscar? I'm like, uh, I've heard of him. He goes, you know, he called the district office today, said you're in an adulterous affair and that you stole money from the church. I said, Neil, at least his lies are consistent. And he laughed. He said, he's done this to other pastors before you. I said, are you kidding me? He said, no. I said, well, Neil, I said, did anyone take him out back and beat him in Jesus name, you know? And he laughed because he thought I was kidding, you know, which I probably was somewhat, but I was pretty annoyed. And I said, Neil, what do I do? And he said to me, you know, he goes, I think the guy's probably mentally ill. He said, there, there really isn't a lot you can do. He said, but I called just to tell you to watch your back and that I'm praying for you. And then he prayed for me on the phone and I picked up my Bible and I walked off into my backyard. And I was going to pick up some of the Psalms, you know, I mean, this is good, holy literature in your Bible, you know, and I was going to pray some of the imprecatory Psalms. Those are some of the Psalms that David prays against his enemies. These are the ones he prays, you know, God, wipe out my enemies and make them suffer as you take them out. Right. And these are good, holy, inspired literature. Right. And I'm, I'm about to pray one of these Psalms and I hear the voice of Jesus. It wasn't audible, but it was the voice of Jesus nonetheless in my heart. And I heard Jesus say to me, Luke 6. I said, I, I, I know what that says. Love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Forgive those who sin against you. I said, come on, you don't really mean that stuff. And then I thought about Jesus on the cross, right in front of the people that have put him there on the cross, persecuted him, and were killing him. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I knew, of course, Jesus does mean this stuff. That's why he came. 
And I said to the Lord, I said, all right, I will pray blessings on this man who has hurt me, who is trying to destroy my reputation before I even start ministry. I will bless him. But I said, Lord, you need to know, I can't make myself feel it. I don't really feel it for him. I'm doing it just because I love you and I want to obey you. He said, that's good enough. And I started praying blessings for this guy. And I mean, I prayed for him every day. I mean, day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. He kept cursing me and saying lies about me. And I kept praying blessings on him. You know, one day he came by and I met him at the front door. And by that point, I'd already known who he was. But this Sunday morning, he came by, greeted me at the front door, shook my hand. The night before, he had again lied about me and stabbed me in the back. But when I met him at the front door and I shook his hand that morning, I felt the love of God explode in my heart for that man. The supernatural outpouring of the tender affections of the Father just washed over my heart and flooded towards that man in an utterly unexplainable supernatural experience. And that was the day I understood it. If you do what God tells you to do, God will do what you cannot do. God will change your heart. Too often, you know what? We're sitting around going, God, if you just change my heart, I'll obey you. And God's like, I already changed your heart in the heavenly realms. If you obey me, you will access the transformational work that I have already accomplished for you. I made a resolution in my life because of that experience in my mid-20s. I made a resolution that I would die with no enemies, that I resolved that day that I would bless those who curse me. I would forgive those who sin against me. I would love my enemies because I want to do it for Jesus. I want to represent Jesus well. I want to be marked by my father's tender affections. I want to be my father's child. I want to pray for you tonight. But when I go to pray for you, the first thing I want to do is just give you an opportunity to really respond quietly, you and God. Give God a minute in silence and just ask the Lord, is there anybody you need to forgive? And right now, as the Lord brings to your mind any faces or names or incidents of people that have hurt you, you just agree with the Lord that you're going to forgive them. You're going to bless those who curse you. You're going to pray for them for the good things that you want in your life. You're going to pray that for them. Lord, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, you would shine light into our hearts, into our souls. If there are people we're holding grudges against, people we are angry with, people who have hurt us that we have not yet released, I pray you'd bring them to our mind and to our hearts. You'd raise them to our attention right now, Jesus. We want your love to mark our lives. We want to be our Father's representatives on earth. And so I pray you would show us if there's people we need to forgive. Some of us, Lord, right now, you're showing us people that we think to ourselves, I've already forgiven them. But Lord, we may have on a scale of one to 10, they may have hurt us as a 10, and we've forgiven them like halfway there but there's more to go. And I pray we wouldn't resist what the Holy Spirit is revealing. We wouldn't resist what you're trying to show us. Just help us to say yes. We agree, Lord Jesus, that we're going to follow your teaching. We're going to say yes. We're going to bless those who curse us. We're going to love our enemies. We're going to forgive those who sin against us. 
And now I pray, Holy Spirit, let the grace of God wash over our hearts. Wash us from the hurt that's there. Wash us from the anger. Wash us from the pain that we carry from these offenses. And Lord, I pray that your grace would be experienced deeply in our inner being so that we can extend that which we've received from you. Lord, we don't want to be like the the guy, the unmerciful servant in the parable that you taught about in Matthew chapter 18. That man, he'd received this incredible gift of forgiveness of a tremendous, unpayable debt. And then he turned around, he held his fellow servant for a paltry sum of money, and he threw him in jail. We don't want to be like that, Lord. We want to be the kind of people who who realize the grace we've received, who recognize it, who, who experience it, and who extend it to those who are around us. So, Lord, I pray, even tonight, we'd have a fresh grace awakening in our hearts. Let us encounter anew the grace of God. May you awaken in us the realization of what you've done for us on the cross. Let us remember the ways that you have forgiven us, the things that we have done that you have canceled from our account, that you've adopted us into your family, that you have marked us and sealed us with your Holy Spirit, that we belong to you. And we get to be with you in heaven forever, Lord, where all our hurts and pains will be erased and healed. Let us experience fresh outpourings of your love, fresh outpourings of your tender mercies, and a new, fresh, experiential knowing of the forgiveness that we have received so we might have an overflow of your grace mercy, love, and forgiveness in our hearts for those who have hurt us. Lord, you know what happens. Sometimes we get hurt and we put up these shields of anger and resentment and grudge holding to protect ourselves so that we won't get hurt anymore. And now I pray in Jesus' name, you would help us to let down the shields. Lord, we need to pick up instead of the shield of anger, we need to pick up the shield of faith Instead of picking up the shield of anger, which is self-protection, we want to pick up the shield of faith and opt for your protection. So we lay down our shields of self-protection, self-defense, anger, and Lord, we lay down our shield of hurt, and we just want you to come in, and where we've been hurt, we want you to heal our wounds, heal our heart. Let us experience your tender, loving care so that we can then take that which we receive and return it even upon our enemies, that we might be like our Father in heaven. And Lord, I pray, as Jesus prayed in John chapter 17, that you would tear down all the walls of division. You'd tear down all the walls uh, that we build up between us as brothers and sisters. And Lord, you'd make us one as Jesus prayed so that the world would believe. As long as brothers and sisters in Christ are fighting and squabbling, Lord, and holding grudges against one another, no one's going to want to join that family. But when we have grace for one another, when we forgive one another because we've been forgiven, Lord, it just, again, it marks us with your affections. It marks us with your likeness, and people 
are drawn to Jesus because we represent you well. So I pray John 17 would be true in my life and true in every single brother and sister that's listening tonight. We would be one with the people around us that the world may believe. And Lord, I pray that not just today that we would forgive those who sin against us, but may we live our lives in such a way that tomorrow when we get hurt, our reflex reaction would begin to be to bless those who curse us. And next week when we get hurt again, we would immediately bless those who curse us. We'd start to live out what Jesus taught, and we would continually flow in the grace of God, forgiving those who sin against us, loving our enemies, and blessing those who curse us. And Lord, we would not let hurt and offense and anger and resentment and grudge holding accumulate in our hearts or souls. And I pray, Lord Jesus, as you taught us to pray, Father, forgive us our debts, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who sin against us, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lord, I pray you would mark us with the love of the Father. For even the pagans love their friends, and we get no credit for that. No one recognizes the Father's influence or demarcations in our life for loving our friends. But let us show the perfect love of the Father that is released and revealed by demonstrating love even to those who hurt us, even to those who are our enemies. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that all of us would die with no enemies because we have lived with the Father's love, soaking in us and being revealed through us to those around us. To the glory of the King, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen and amen and amen. Thank you so very, very much, Dr. Rob Reamer. That uh, the meditation and the prayers uh, just went deep in my heart tonight. And I just believe that God has touched our hearts through your meditation and prayer, which was absolutely wonderful. I even had the scripture that I had planned on using. I said, ah, and, and it was on, it was the scripture, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but have not love. I'm only a ringing gong and a clanging cymbal. So, so if I have not love, I am nothing. That's what the Bible says. So God definitely is speaking to us tonight about loving our enemies. So I thank you very much for your meditation and your prayers. Um, Alan, family and friends, I just want you to know that Dr. Rob Weimer will be with us live in October, on October 13th through 15th. Three days we will have him. And, and it will be this, a soul care conference. And in this conference, God goes deep within us by the power of the Holy Spirit, and much healing takes place, much deliverance takes place. So we welcome you to go on to the Allen website, or you can even go on to his website, Renewal International Ministries, and you can um, receive information about this awesome conference where God does a lot of deep healing in our souls. So God bless you, Dr. Reamer. God bless you. God bless you so very much for coming on. Thank you. Okay. So good to be with you. 
good to be, be good for you to be with us. And also, Allen family, just a reminder, please um, come out on Saturday live. We will have our praycation this Saturday at 9 a.m. with Bishop Courtney Bradley and Archbishop Robert Rockford will be, um, be there, and we will be in prayer and also receiving the word. So we just believe that we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord this Saturday at 9 a.m. So God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful evening and allow this word to just penetrate your soul. And we're believing God that we're going to become all that God wants us to be. God bless you. Good evening.